once start, people start giving a shit about what they put in their bodies, they start, like you said, going down that rabbit hole. And so oil dissolves oil, right? That's science. Yeah, it's a, unfortunately, it's a very unregulated system, but, and it creates a situation where kind of anything goes. It's a really bizarre thing to a lot of people. But. The organic and natural personal care industry is going to be a $16 billion industry by the year 2020. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks makes 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. All right, happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Today, I am drinking Activator X in my coffee, and I've smeared uh, cow, lard, and tallow all over my body, and we're going to spend the next hour telling you what that means and uh, why it's not as crazy as you think. Um, so I want to welcome in Cassie from Fatco and Daniel from Gold Nugget Ghee. Guys, say hello. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. All right. So for you guys listening... Um, Quick intro on these guys, uh, Cassie and, uh, and and Mason, we've met a few times at Bulletproof Conference, at Paleo Effects, a lot of different events um, in our space. Uh, their brand, you may be familiar with them as Fat Face, they're now Fat Co. Um, and they, uh, Cassie, I'll let you, got, you explain what it is that you guys specialize in. Sure. So... Um... As you said, Ryan, we rebranded from Fat Face Skincare to Fat Co. around March of this year, 2016. We specialize in making natural and organic skincare products using tallow. So tallow is rendered beef fat. Lard is pig fat. Tallow is beef fat. Um, Grass-fed, pastured, really high-quality animal fats. We're very picky about how we source our animal fats. Um, And so right now we're using mostly fat from Fatworks Foods is a company you guys might also know of. They're kind of in the paleo sphere. Um, And Epic Bar also recently came out with some fat. So we have a couple different sources. Right now we're mainly using Fatworks. But um, the nutritional profile of grass-fed, pastured cow fat is, you know, really high in vitamins A, D, K, and E, all which are very important for skin health. Um, Really healing for skin conditions like eczema and psoriasis. I've seen amazing before and after pictures uh, of, you know, babies, adults, all kinds of people that have just seen amazing results from using our products on their eczema and psoriasis. So really different product, nothing else like it out there. Um, so yeah, that, that's what we do. Awesome. So you mentioned a lot in there. We're going to dig into that when we, when we really get rolling. Um, Daniel, tell us a little bit about gold nugget ghee. Gold Nugget Ghee is something that's been in the works for a couple years, and I've been making ghee for four years now. I got into it when I got into the paleo movement, started eating a high-fat diet. I used to have 
a high starch diet and I would have these large energy swings throughout the day. I'd have all this energy, I'd crash, and I would just repeat that cycle throughout the day. And then I found ghee and I was into yoga at the time and Ayurveda and Ayurveda, it just kept popping up in everything I was reading. And ghee is used throughout Ayurveda and basically everything to treat any ailment that you have, they give you ghee as a cure. <laughs> okay. And so I picked up a jar at the store. I didn't really like the flavor. It, it was pretty bland. But then I found a recipe online. I tried making my own. And it was high, much higher quality than what I was finding in the store. And so January of this year, I launched Gold Nugget Ghee. And that is an effort to bring great ghee that's been pasture-raised to the market. Awesome. Well, I think, uh, so for you guys listening, you're catching on to the theme here, and that is that uh, we're looking at high-quality cow fat for internal and external uses. We're going to talk a lot about the benefits, the sourcing, uh, some of the red tape that's involved with the production side of this, uh, things that you need to know as a consumer uh, as far as what companies have to go through to get these things to you and things that you need to know when you're making your choices uh, about uh, not only the products that you use, but the specific brands and, and products that you're trying to, to make those choices from. Um, so before we really start to asking deeper questions, a couple of housekeeping notes for you guys listening. Make sure you go to uh, optimalperformance.com to see the video version of this uh, as well as links and resources. I'm sure that these two uh, great experts are going to share a lot of links that you guys can pursue to go a little bit further down that rabbit hole if you want more information. So any, uh, this goes for you guys too, Cassie and Daniel, anything that you want to mention, we'll have the links in the blog post version of this. Um, so that's there for everybody. While you're on the website, uh, make sure you guys sign up for the uh, Optimal Performance Newsletter. Really good information coming to you guys weekly, uh, as well as uh, promotion, sales, and any kinds of updates on events and things like that. Uh, and if you haven't done so yet, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you enjoy the Optimal Performance Podcast. And if you have friends and family that will benefit from what we're doing and talking about, please share the show with them so we can help more people uh, learn how to take control of their health, their life, and, uh, and their destiny. So I'm going to stop talking. You guys are here to share your expertise. Um, Cassie, I want to start with you because I find this really fascinating. Uh, I'm starting to notice that, that we talk a lot about skincare on this podcast. We've had several different episodes and and I'm, I'm starting to develop a complex uh, mentally about <laughs> the amount of time we spend talking about skincare. But um, it, it, I did a little bit of research before we started this uh, podcast, and I found something really fascinating that the organic and natural personal care industry is going to be a $16 billion industry by the year 2020. Uh, For so, sure. So it's clear that the demand is there, it's growing. What are you noticing or, or what can you say about the reason that that demand is um, and the industry is growing? Um, well, it's there because people care about what they look like, right? When it comes down to it, we're all a little bit vain. We all want to have nice looking skin. 
And especially people in the paleo community, I found that once you start um, really giving a crap, I would have said the other word, but I don't know what the rules are here. You can, um, you can yes. speak freely. <laughs> once start, people start giving a shit about what they put in their bodies, they start, like you said, going down that rabbit hole and understanding everything else that comes along with it. Our skin is our largest organ and everything that we put on it affects how we feel, affects our health. Um, you've heard, I'm sure a lot of, you know, people that have really bad celiac disease can't even use topical products that have gluten in them or they will feel, they will experience a reaction. So it's a real thing. What we put on our skin matters. And I think that as people start to learn about the food that they're putting in their body, they kind of, it's the natural evolution of, um, you know, just becoming educated and learning that what we put on our skin is just as important. So I think it's an industry that's growing because natural and organic skincare products is an industry that's growing because of that, because consumers are just learning so much. The last five years, we've learned so much about the foods that we're eating, and we've learned about what GMOs are, and we've learned about um, so much. We're just becoming so educated, and I think it just, it's a, you know, it's natural that people are, are learning about those things and starting to care more. So, um, you know, five, 10 years ago, I did it. I used some really bad products. When I think about the stuff that I used in the past, when I was a teenager and in college, I scoff at it. I can't even believe it. Um, but you know, in the, in the recent, recent history, we're just starting, we're learning a lot more and we're starting to care a lot more. So I think that's where the growth is coming from, but you know, also, People just care about what they look like and people want to be pretty and attractive. And it's, it's just, uh, I think it's a natural, you know, human thing. So, right. So tell us then, obviously I think people, like you said, people are saying, all right, it's a trickle down effect from what we're seeing in the food movement. We're saying, you know, I I don't want to eat these chemicals and preservatives. And now I'm realizing that, Hey, I probably don't want to be rubbing them on my skin either. So people are moving towards more natural and organic uh, skincare products. So it's it's as much about eliminating that as it is seeking out f- food for our skin, as you guys call it. So yeah, you know, take it a step further. What is the benefit of using uh, something like the the Fatco product line? How are you guys um, differentiating from from other natural um, skincare products? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, most of the way we differentiate is that if you pick up a jar of one of our products and you read the ingredient panel, you can actually pronounce everything. You know what it is. You can read it. You can understand it. Say that for something else that you buy in a store shelf. It's not always the case, unfortunately. It's a very, skincare, unfortunately, is a very unregulated industry. Um, Companies, you know, I think I've read somewhere that like in, in the EU, there are thousands and thousands of ingredients that have been banned, but in the U.S. there's like 11. So it's completely unregulated. Companies, big companies can use any kind of ingredients they want. Um, And most of them are using really messed up ingredients to make it smell pretty or go on smoothly or, you know, uh, to to get uh, a stabilizer is something that makes a product remain the same consistency between when it's 120 degrees and 32 degrees. Um, these aren't natural things. These aren't things that are good for our bodies. So, um, yeah, it's a, unfortunately it's a very unregulated system, but, and it creates a situation where kind of anything goes. 
So that's what differentiates us is that we're using real, real ingredients. I love the word real. Um, natural has become kind of convoluted in the industry, but real, like let's yeah. use real ingredients that are actually uh, coming from nature. Um, so, and then, you know, also the use of tallow is something that nobody else is doing right now. Um, actually a lot of people say, well, tallow is in a lot of skincare, but it's not the kind of tallow I like to differentiate. We're using grass fed, pastured, organic, really high quality animal fats. The tallow that you're going to find in soap on a store shelf or lotions is usually really bastardized, processed a million times. Not what I would call tallow anymore at that point. So it's just kind of becomes a filler at that point. Right. So let's come back. Um, and, and I want to ask you, Cassie, why you guys chose tallow as a base for so many of your products. But before we do that, in, in an effort to not make Daniel sit here silent, we had an interesting conversation, Daniel and I did at Paleo FX, about some of the regulations and and things that have to go into labeling something as grass fed. And I think now's a great time to, to let you talk uh, about some of that stuff, Daniel. Yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that. Actually, it's actually the opposite because there actually is no regulation. You can put grass fed on your labels and nobody is going to think twice. Like it's not a term that's regulated. There's no authoritative body that says this is grass fed. Um, but what there is is organic, and organic just says that the cows have to have 120 days on pasture, and companies can use grass-fed, but it's really, you need to look into the sourcing, you need to do your homework, you can't just trust companies that say, like, we're grass-fed, because it's a term like natural, like, um, like natural, it's just thrown around a lot, and there's really no real meaning to it. You have to add meaning to it, and the way you do that is by sourcing where your products are coming from, being connected to the, the food that you're eating, to the skincare that you're using, and having that connection to what you're buying as a consumer. Right, and, and you know, it's interesting you talk about the source for a lot of these. That's something that we actually just had this conversation um, w with a lot of our customers. We re-released one of our products, Magteen, uh, we, we were out of stock. And part of the reason that stock was an issue for us is that the suppliers of some magnesium compounds uh, are, are running into issues. Um, so uh, our Magteen, for, for example, is it's a combination of uh, magnesium glycinate, magnesium taurate, and magnesium L3-inate. The glycinate and the taurate come from uh, a different supplier than the L3-inate. And our supplier has not had any issues, but other suppliers of those chelated forms of magnesium have been actually lying. And there are class action lawsuits being brought against that supplier because there are some well-known supplement brands who have failed to meet label claims because their sourcing isn't from a company that is doing their due diligence or, or maybe that source company is just flat out lying and, and doesn't care. Uh, you know, that's not us. I can't speak to them, so I don't know. But, you know, that's that's one of the things that we love about companies like you guys who are saying, you know, look, this is what I want as a consumer. So when I make it for my company and, and produce it for other people, we're going to we're going to hold that standard as high as possible. Yeah. So 
Cassie, let's come back and, and you know, why tallow? What, what makes that such a great base for, for the skincare products that you guys have? So I started this company in 2014. I was making a lot of these products just as a hobby kind of. And I started learning a lot about the topical benefits of tallow through the Weston A. Price Foundation. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they're big yeah. proponents of raw dairy, um, you know, making raw dairy available to everyone because unfortunately right now it's not. Um, Nutrient-dense foods. Um, and just started learning and reading a lot about it and was ordering, like off Etsy.com, like some tallow from some girl in Nebraska, um, really small batches, just trying to kind of testing it out. And from there, it just, um, you know, I, I wanted to start a company and it just kind of happened the way it happened and, um, started looking for a larger source than this one girl in Nebraska. And that was challenging in the very beginning to find a really good fat source because it wasn't a thing then, you know, the fat movement has only really happened in the last couple of years. Right. Um, but, the, you know, Weston A. Price is where I learned a lot about um, how nutrient-dense fat from grass-fed pastured animals can be, how healing it can be for your skin. Um, I had just moved to Lake Tahoe, and we're at 7,000 feet elevation. It's so dry here. Everything is dry and just needed, like, constant moisture. And it was the only thing that did the job. So, um, yeah, the Weston A. Price Foundation is where I learned – in the beginning, I did a lot of research and learned a lot about the benefits of using tallow, tallow topically, um, how just vitamin-rich and nutrient-dense it can be when sourced well and responsibly. Yeah, so we will talk a lot about Weston A. Price uh, coming up, um, especially with Daniel talking about ghee. Uh, and, and Are you guys going to Weston A. Price? In I'll be there. November, me too. High five. Oh, awesome. I might have to look into that. Oh, yeah, you, you should, right? So when, when we stop recording, we'll chat. We'll chat. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, so you're, you're literally like putting tallow on your skin as if it was lotion. And I think, like, I mean, I do it and it still kind of blows my mind. So, so for somebody who's not as into optimizing or biohacking as, as we might be, like, explain that. Like, put, put our listeners at ease. Okay, so it's and it's funny because I've had people like comment on Instagram, like, yeah, I'll, you know, when I'm cooking, I'll just take from the pan and put on my skin. That's for the really hardcore. Like when you're like paleo for life, hardcore, you can take it right from the bottle and put it on your skin. But we are mixing it with lots of other stuff, coconut oil, shea butter, mm -hmm. stuff that makes it a little easier to swallow the fact that you're putting animal fat on your skin. And we're also using therapeutic grade essential oils. So um, essential oils that are functional in a lot of our products. So like, for example, our sink stop deodorant, we use clary sage essential oil, which actually has deodorizing properties. We use a lot of lavender because it's very healing and it's going to kind of cut. I personally will smell a bucket of tallow and think it smells great. Maybe that's just because I'm a weirdo, but, um, some people say that it smells kind of beefy and I'm like, okay, well for those people we're using essential oils to kind of cut that scent a little bit. So it's not straight up tallow that you're putting on your skin, but there is, there is fat in there. <laughs> all right. You mentioned my absolute favorite product that you guys make stank stop. So first nice. of all, that's just a cool name for deodorant. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I think you guys did a podcast and talked about it. One yeah, of the other ones. I we, watched. We, we did. Uh, it was, it might've been after, uh, I don't know, but I know I've mentioned it before because I love yeah. it and I use it. And awesome. uh, I love that stuff. So, so 
let's let's talk about I that. Love, one. I just want to note that I love when men have converted to staying slap, but because it, it's it, it's a hard thing to do. Not all men, not all men are so easily going to drop that axe, yeah. or like Old Spice jar and move over to something different. Well, so I commend you, and I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, and, and thank you for making it. But and here's another. I guess I don't want to call it a, a hurdle or, or a barrier to that conversion, but you know, you, you do have to put your fingers in it and, you know, you use your fingers to apply it to your underarm. You know, are, are you getting, are, are people hesitant or reluctant to do that? Cause I know, I mean, uh, you know, Donna sees me do that and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm putting on <laughs> deodorant. And, uh, you know, so, so that's gotta be some kind of a, an issue or, or a concern or no. Uh, I mean, not, I want to say not so much anymore. I know in the beginning it was, um, to be honest, we went the route that we did because it was the easiest way to release it to production, okay. to put the material into a jar, seal it up, ship right. it out. Right. Um, I'm, but um, sneak peek, sneak peek. I'm kind of working on the packaging for a non. You don't have to apply it with your finger anymore. Okay. Um, I'm working on it, and this, I really. My goal work? is to have it come to fruition before Christmas. Okay. I'm not making promises, but I'm, that's my goal. That's what I'm shooting for because it is. You know, some people don't like it. But what I tell people is it's your own armpit. I'm not asking you to apply it to someone else's armpit. And you're getting out of the shower usually, right? So it's clean. Right. I mean, come on. Let's become more connected to our bodies and yeah. feel, feel yeah. a little bit comfortable. I, but it does weird some people out. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like if somebody is seeking out you know, this product and they're using it, that they're going to be okay with, you know, applying it with their fingers is, is the new packaging something similar to what your sample packs look like? Uh, no, we're, we're going to try to do like a conventional deodorant container. Okay. Um, but I, my goal is I don't want to change the formulation. So I'm trying to figure out, I don't know if you guys, but secret for women at one point had these little cutouts in the top of the thing. So you'd click it up and it would come out of the holes that's what I'm shooting for that's what I'm trying for because I really like I like the formulation I like the way it works right now and the challenge with natural products is that we have to compete with Arizona summers and Lake Tahoe winters to come up with one formulation that works for those drastic temperature changes so I don't really want to change the formulation I like the way it is right now and if I went in a stick form we'd have to add a lot of beeswax which I think in the wintertime has the potential to make it too hard. Right. So we're kind of, that's what we're working on and kind of messing around with. Awesome. But awesome. it's in the works, Ryan. Okay. I love <laughs> it. I will, we will keep our eyes out for it. Okay. Um, Cassie, we're going to come back to you. I, I really want to talk about some essential oils too. I have some questions and um, it's perfect timing for this. So um, Daniel, let's talk about Weston A. Price Activator X, which we might all three be drinking right now. Cassie, was that butter coffee? It is, but it's different. I'm. Different. I. I don't want to talk about it. Uh oh. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Daniel. So, <laughs> Daniel, what? What's for for people who may not know? What's what's the basic difference between ghee and butter? Yeah, um, ghee and butter. So, ghee is you start with butter and you get rid of the water, the moisture. And you get rid of all of the milk solids, so you're left with the pure butter fat, and it's actually perfect for people that are sensitive to dairy. And I learned I was sensitive to dairy a couple years ago, so I've cut out dairy from my diet. And ghee, it's something that doesn't trigger something. It it doesn't trigger people with with dairy. 
allergies. Yeah, and that's something I've noticed too. Is I, I'm I am sensitive to dairy and ghee. I can tolerate butter. I cannot. Um, how did you figure that out? Was it process of elimination, or did you actually take some some quantified testing? I was just playing around with different things in my diet, and I eliminated dairy for for a month. I was doing the elimination diet, and then as soon as I introduced it, I found that it triggered me. Mm-hmm. But I make an exception for raw dairy if it's really great stuff that I'm not going to find just at the, the store down the street. Right. Um, and yeah, um, and one of the things that's in butter is lactose and casein, and those two are the things that can trigger dairy allergies. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned that in the process of making ghee, what's left is butter fat, and that's actually what Weston A. Price found uh, in all those. If people are not familiar, um, can, can you fill people in on, on who he is and, and what his work was? Yeah, Weston A. Price was a dentist, and I believe it was in the 1920s. He went around the world. He was a world traveler, and he was studying all the different civilizations in the world, going from country to country, and he wanted to know what made people, what gave people the the best teeth, the best oral health, and he found this um, this vitamin. And he didn't know what to call it at the time because there wasn't much research done on it. Um, we now know that it's vitamin K2. And that was found in, in ghee, in butter, in grass-fed, um, grass-fed meat. Organ meats, uh, right? Organ meats, too. Yeah. And it's something that a lot of vegetarians don't get and vegans also. So you're going to find a lot of teeth issues when you follow a vegan diet for... I'd say over five or ten years. Okay. So is this and, – and he didn't know what to call it, so he actually called it Activator X. That's why I was joking, saying that we're all drinking Activator X. Um, and, and we now know that it is vitamin K2. Um, is it not present in butter or is it just in higher concentrations with ghee? It's present in butter. Um, it's in higher concentrations in ghee and you also have – um, the conjugated linoleic acid, CLA, you have butyric acid, and you have those in higher concentrations when you go for the, the grass-fed fats. Okay, excellent. Um, okay, so, so talk to us more about your ghee. What makes Gold Nugget ghee so special? Yeah, um, a lot of ghee out there it's either um, pasture-raised, like the minimum, 120 days per the year, or it is shipped from international. Uh, there's a lot of ghee out there that uses Kerrygold from Ireland. They use Anchor from New Zealand. I found some farms up in Northern California, and they are on pasture all year round, and I source exclusively from them. And that's where I make my ghee from California butter. And there, there's Ancient Organics that's out there too. They use Strauss butter for their ghee. Um, and I go even further further north than they do for my butter. Okay. So you, you on your label, it will say American and grass-fed and organic. 
Yeah, made in California. Okay. Pasture yeah. So, and I believe that when when we were talking at Paleo FX, you told me that you were going to be the only ghee that could say that. Is that still true? That is as pasture-raised as, yeah, I have the highest pasture-raised content okay. in America. Okay. So what is that content? Can you tell us or is that proprietary? That content, it's about, I, I was talking to them on the phone the other day and they said it was about 92% grass-fed. Okay. And the, the rest, they get hay. There's highly trained people taking care of these cows and they're living a very low-stress life. And that's something that we need to be mindful of as, as mindful eaters is the stress of the animals that we eat. And that affects the quality of not only the meat, but also the butter, the, the ghee, the ice cream, all the other things that come from animals. So for somebody listening that, that may be new to that, explain um, why that's so important and how a stressful life could have a negative impact on the quality of the products that we derive from that animal. I'm not sure if the science is quite there to back up what I'm about to say. It might sound a little woo-woo, but I believe that the energy goes into the, the final product. The, the stress on the cows, the stress of the workers, all of that I think plays a role into the finished product. And when you really get something that is the, the highest quality, you can tell this is different. This is a game changer. This is something I haven't experienced before, and I want to know why this is. And it's usually because it, these people are doing something way different than everybody else. Okay. Cassie, anything to add? I'm going to say you're such a hippie. <laughs> uh, <I laughs> no, can... a hippie is a term I've learned to kind of love and accept and find like as a compliment. Not a dirty hippie because we all use stink stop, but just a hippie. <laughs> yeah. no, and it's funny. like as, good thing. <laughs> as, as you were giving that answer, Daniel, I was like, man, I, I can hear the, the yogi in him and the, and the time spent with the, the Ayurvedic culture. Uh, yeah, uh, so I love it. The, the sacred cow. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess here's a question for both of you guys. Um, oh, but I, sorry, not yeah. to interrupt or interject, but I do agree with the energy. So um, that, that's the differentiation with tallow as well, is that using tallow from factory farmed animals, they experience a lot of sickness and antibiotics and hormones. And hormones, you want to talk about it in energy levels, mm -hmm. but it's also the stress hormone. Um, animals store toxins in their fat. We do anything that's an animal um, so that those toxins from that stressful environment get stored in the fat. And then using that fat, that's what makes using fat from factory farmed animals so detrimental and so dangerous actually for your health. So I, I agree. Energy, hormones, all the same bubble. Yeah. So that's two things in there that, that I really want to highlight. Toxins are stored in fat. That goes for, for humans and any other animal. Uh, that stuff bioaccumulates up the food chain too. So, uh, you know, if, if the cow is eating corn pellets that have Roundup, then, you know, the Roundup and the, the chemicals are going up the food chain as well as, you know, like you said, Cassie, the, the uh, chemicals, pesticides, antibiotics, whatever. And if you're eating, you know, things like butter or tallow or cooking with those things, you know, that's, that's pure fat. So it, it's of the utmost importance for those products that we look for, um, quality, uh, you go the extra mile to find something that's sourced from the most pristine, uh, animal that you can. Um, you know, for sure. it, 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 uh, the other thing I want to say there too is, 
you know, I, I know that this, this whole energy thing can kind of come across as being woo woo, but actually on a podcast a few weeks ago, we had uh, Dr. Raleigh Duncan on the show who uh, is with Clearlight Saunas. And that whole podcast was all about saunas. Um, but they actually were, uh, they didn't participate in this study at Binghamton University, but they provided the saunas that were used for the study. And the study found that in 16 weeks, participants who used the saunas lost 4% body fat with zero changes to their diet or their exercise routine. So without changing anything other than the sauna use. And, and Raleigh's point, surprisingly, you know, for somebody who sells saunas, he wasn't just saying, hey, it's the sauna, it's the sauna. What they found was that stress hormone cortisol went down. Positive hormones like testosterone and growth hormone went up. So you saw this reduction in body fat in humans despite diet or exercise changes. So there is evidence, there is science that shows that, you know, positive, positively impacting your hormones and your stress can have a, a positive result on body fat and, and fat stores and things like that. So, uh, you know, it, it may sound woo woo when a, when a hippie like Daniel says something like that. But if, <laughs> I'm kidding, Daniel. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll take that term. I'll, I'll... <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, that's, that's all really cool stuff. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of not smelling like dirty hippies, let's talk essential <laughs> oils. Um, Cassie, I, I know, um, tell us, first of all, let's, I guess let's start with some of the benefits uh, of using essential oils. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a crazy essential oil person. Like some of my friends, I still have some friends that I call them, like my friend Megan, Ginger Nutrition. I'm like, what does this one do? Or like, I have a cold. What should I take? She's kind of like my essential oil consultant, if you will. Right. But um, I, I like I, I do know about the ones that we're currently using. And, um, you know, when used correctly and in the right amounts, they can have amazing healing power. So I know lavender can be very healing for skin conditions. Um, I have a lot of people who ask me about the kind of essential oils that we use. So um, I know a lot of people have their, you know, some people are Young Living, some people are doTERRA. Um the challenge with those kind of brands is that they're selling in small quantities. And once you get to a, to be a brand and you're build, making products in mass quantities, you need to find sources that are selling at larger quantities. So we've kind of moved on from the you know small one-ounce bottles. So we, But we source mostly from Mountain Rose Herbs, who is a company out of Oregon who does really high-quality everything. I was sourcing a lot of our raw materials from them in the beginning. Um, but yeah, you know, lavender, I know Muir has really amazing anti-aging properties. So our miraculous products contain Muir and lavender. Um, Clary Sage essential oil is deodorizing. Um, yeah. So, you know, when used correctly, essential oils can have some pretty amazing healing powers. I've used them for other things for, you know, when you get sick or you get a bug bite or you get a sting. Um, there's, there's lots of different ways to use essential oils. That actually, that's a question that came up in, uh, we have a, a special Facebook group for our natural stacks optimizers. And this is a yeah. question that came up. Uh, I think so, it wasn't a bee sting, but it, there was maybe a mosquito bite. Somebody was asking about like a, a biohack for, for mosquito bites. Um, I'm not sure how uh, safe this one is, but, but when I was a kid, I was taught that if you take the tobacco out of a cigarette, that that 
takes the sting out of uh, a bee sting. Interesting. And, yeah, you just you have to spit on it a little bit, kind of make a paste, and then you put it on there. But uh, there may be some chemicals in that tobacco that we don't want. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, tobacco is a plant. I'm not surprised that it wouldn't um, help with that. But then, yeah, once you get to like commercial tobacco now is like yeah. so processed. And right, right. So, so what essential oils can, can help with stings or bites, things like that? I, I use lavender. Okay. Lavender is kind of my go-to, but that's what I've used for stings or bites. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. Uh, I know that you guys uh, had a few specific products where you removed certain oils for certain demographics or populations. Yeah. Can you talk about that and, and why that was done? Yeah. The only one is our miraculous product. So Mure Essential Oil, it's very beneficial and amazing anti-aging properties, healing properties, but also it can be a uterine stimulant. So we do a pregnancy safe formula. Um, in the very beginning, I don't think it's very detrimental, but as you get further along in those nine months, you don't want to stimulate the uterus and get things moving along too quickly. So we tell people to move away from the regular and move to the mure free. That's the only one I've heard mix. I've read mixed reviews on Clary Sage. Um, some people say that you shouldn't use it in pregnancy. Um, I've heard post-pregnancy, it's actually really great for milk production. So yeah, the World Wide Web can be a confusing place. There's so much different information out there. And I have some people who are like super hippies who are like, Clary Sage is fine during pregnancy. So it's kind of a, it's a mixed bag. But, you know, I think tell, I tell people better safe than sorry. Right. Um, I sometimes tell women to move to the Move to the men's version, which is weird, but I actually use the men's version of the Stink Stop. I just like the way it smells. So, um, yeah, that's that's the main product where we removed the Mure essential oil for to make a pregnancy-safe formula. Okay. And is that something that non-pregnant people need to be worried about? Um, no, okay. not at all. Okay. So one other question on essential oils. Um, you know, th there is... Again, like you've mentioned with the World Wide Web, you can always find um, differing opinions. Yeah. There have been a few uh, studies, and I know we haven't talked about tea tree oil, and I don't know if that's something that you guys use or, or if you have knowledge of it. But You don't uh, use it a lot, but the, I've used it in the past. Okay. Personally. So, so it's, it's been linked in some uh, research to being estrogenic and producing um, breast growth in young boys or, or pubescent uh, oh. males. Okay. You know anything about that? Or? No. Um, I've heard stuff on lavender and estrogen, mm -hmm. um, but that's not, not tea tree. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard about that either. That's news to me. Okay. I know that soy does that. Yeah, I think soy is, is one that I think most people are, are familiar with and know. But uh, with tea tree, um, again, it's one of those things where you have to look and you also have to look at who's saying which side of the argument because most of the no, that's not true argument comes from people who actually sell essential yeah. oils Make it. Um, and you know, they attack the science and there, there's just, there's not a whole lot of science on it right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that stems from the fact that, um, you know, the only people who are going to refute that are people that are in the essential oil business and, and are financially driven there's no financial drive to prove it definitively the other way either. So yeah. I think it's just going to be one of those things where there's not a lot of science on it. So Yeah. I do. Another thing I want to note is that, um, you know, when it comes to essential oil talk and how mirror essential oil you shouldn't use during pregnancy, 
the amounts of essential oil that we're using on our products and the amounts of essential oils that most brands that are using essential oils are using in their products are going to be way less detrimental than some of the other crap that you're going to find in skincare. So when people, you know, I appreciate the people that follow us and are trying to do the best they can, but this making the easy, making the switch from using commercial products that have so much crap in them to products that use essential oils that, you know, it, I think you get what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a minute thing. Um, just making that switch between commercial and more natural alternatives is such a huge leap to make. Right. Um, yeah, part of me wants to say, don't worry about the two mil- like milliliters of essential oils in this product. It's not going to impact you as much as the horrible chemicals that are in the stuff you were using before. Right. You're, you're splitting hairs and you're, you're talking about minor details compared yeah. to you know, massive amounts of chemicals and, and you know, hormone disruptors and toxins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Baby steps. I tell people baby steps. Yeah. 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 Um, Not going to go from A to to Z automatically. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And I want to add a point about um, just the internet in general. There's so much knowledge, information, studies that have been done out there. And you can probably find a study to prove anything out there. Yeah. Or you can look at a study and use the results to you know, make it say whatever you want it to say. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's talk, you, you know, you guys are both, um, dealing with, uh, consumer items where, um, the restrictions or, or legalities in our country, the U S are, are significantly different from, as you mentioned earlier, the, the European union, uh, maybe in Canada or Australia. Can you talk about some of the things that are legal in the U.S. but not legal outside of the U.S. or, or maybe maybe not legal is the right word, but accepted or banned. I mean, what are some things that our listeners need to watch out for? Um. So I don't. I'm not going to be able to spew the details of like the different chemicals that are allowed, but I do know that um, skincare and cosmetics is a very unregulated market in the U.S. I don't think there's much regulation at all as far as requirements on what um, ingredients can and cannot be used in the U.S. I know there's a lot more limitations in the EU. That's about all I can say on that. So normally I would send people to uh, Environmental Working Group, the, the yep. EWG, like Skin Deep, I think, is, is a good resource for that. Do you guys yeah. – is, is there another one that you know of? Um, I use the EWD mostly. They have a great app that you can download on your phone and scan products and understand on a scale of one to 10, a clean or dirty. Um, think dirty is another app. It's very easily maneuvered around. It's, um, we're not listed on there, which is a point of contention, but, (laughs) um, EWD, we're actually trying I'm not pumped on getting organic certified organic. I don't know if you guys are certified organic. And, you know, but we're, we're not, and I'm in no rush to become certified organic, but I do want to get EWG certified. I think that they, um, I think that's just a more reputable, you know, uh, source and, um, organic is tricky and it's expensive and I don't know where that money goes. And, um, but the EWG I think is doing a lot of really big things for the industry 
and trying to make change, overall changes and make things better. So that's one that I'm interested in getting certified in. Again, expensive, but want to. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Environmental Working Group is a great place to start from. Um, and I can speak a little bit on the food industry, and there's almost no regulation in food. You can say natural flavors on your label and not have to explain what that means and not have anybody really ask you about that. You can go to a grocery store and find that on dozens of products. Um, and for me, that's a pretty easy thing to fix because I just have one ingredient on my label. Right. And I'm very transparent, and I put pictures up on Instagram of my kitchen, the boxes, the butter comes in. And if people want to come see my kitchen, I invite them to come take a look and see how ghee is made, come interact with me. I'm down in Costa Mesa. That's where my kitchen is. Um, and we need more of that in food industry and um, in the skincare industry, we need more transparency and we need to just be like, hey, like if you want to come visit me, I'll invite you to come see how everything is made and then you can know and you can have peace of mind when you decide to support my product. <laughs> I like the way you said that, when you decide to support my product. That's, that's, that's well done, Daniel. In supplements, you probably experience that same thing with people adding fillers and binders and probably even that overweighs a lot of the supplements out there, that they're more binder than actual supplement. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that we're trying to address with the supplement industry. Um, you know, mo none of our products have, uh, you know, we, we don't want, you know, fillers or, or, or you know, BS, anything like that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, this is, like you said, it's something that, that I know of because of what we do. Um, it's also, you know, my degree is food science and human nutrition. My first major and is uh, my actually, it's, it, I have a minor in this is packaging science. So I had to learn all of the labeling laws and regulations. And I can tell you that uh, the last time I checked natural flavors, I think was the fourth most used uh, ingredient uh, listed in, in all of uh, American foods. Um, I forget who compiled that database, but the three food or the three ingredients that outranked natural flavors were uh, water, salt, and sugar. Wow. Uh, so it, I think that that just goes to show you the, the volume of ingredients that are lumped under the umbrella of natural flavors. Um, yeah. And it does, like you said, Daniel, it's scary in it's scary because of the amount of room that, that it allows somebody who may not be as ethical uh, as we would like them to be. And, and let's face it, in, in, in our society, there's a lot of that in, in the food and supplement and skincare world. There's a lot of that going on. So, um, you know, just because you see natural flavors on the label, I think the point that the three of us are trying to make is that just because you see natural flavors doesn't mean that it's necessarily uh, something that you would have you wouldn't accept it if you knew exactly what it was. And that's, I guess that's the point is like, you know, when we make our protein, we make it a, a point to tell you that this is grass fed protein. It's two to one ratio of whey to collagen. Here's how much of each of those is in there. If it's something that we know as a consumer, you want to hear, we're going to tell you exactly what we know you want to hear. We're not going to try to hide it under, oh, well, that's a natural flavor. No, it's actually, it's a hundred percent Ecuadorian cacao or it's real Madagascar vanilla, 
or you know whatever it is, uh, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't hide that or bury that uh, under natural flavors. So yeah, in, in most cases, natural flavors is hiding something that you probably don't want to see, eat, or rub on your skin or whatever. Yeah, so. and for us, it's fragrance. Yeah, look, be on the lookout on all your ingredient labels for fragrance. It's one of the most dangerous. It always shows up a nine or a ten on Think Dirty and EWG. It is the most detrimental and dangerous ingredient because, again, you can hide anything under it. Right, right. <laughs> and it's usually right. – go ahead. Yeah, Daniel, you know what I'm saying. So, Daniel, talk, <laughs> I think you've mentioned to me, I think, and, and if I don't want to let the cat out of the bag if, if this is not accurate or, or not something you're, you're ready to share, but you guys have um, new labeling coming out, right, and, and some flavored geese. We have new labeling, and by the time this podcast is posted, we'll probably have those live on our website, goldnuggetgee.com. And we have we're experimenting with some different flavors. Um, we made a batch a couple weeks back with chocolate and cardamom, and it tastes just like Nutella. <laughs> awesome! I, I think you you had the cardamom at Paleo FX. I got to try it. Uh, that was really good. We have some things in the pipeline, some experiments. I think it's great to continue to experiment. And Cassie, you probably like are experimenting all the time with different ratios, using yeah. different oils. It's such a fun process to just be playing around in the kitchen, try something new. And that's a goal of mine, like as this, having this company, Golden Nugget Ghee, is to just redefine what it means to have ghee in our lives. So, Cassie, you mentioned earlier, and, and I, I didn't want to – uh, not go into detail on this. Um, some some skin conditions that can be uh, I don't I don't want to say cured, but um, not people, hard to say. Right, people people <laughs> can get relief um, yeah. or or return to their natural state. Uh, yeah, I know we have the same uh, things that we have to be careful of. So <laughs> you know things like uh, psoriasis or eczema. I guess if if somebody was suffering from those. What product would you suggest for them and, and how should they use it? Yeah. So I, I recommend people with dry skin to get more fats in their diet. Yes. Drink plenty of water. And if you're eating avocado and ghee and coconut oil, if you're eating all those things, it's going to help your dry skin. So yeah. feeding you're your body something to find out. out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. You're providing your body with the raw materials it needs to you know, be able to do that. That's perfect. Exactly. I would recommend our body butter. So we do two different scents of a bot, our body butter. And then we also do our baby butter, which is an essentially an unscented version of our body butter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our newest product. And we came out with that because I had a lot of moms with babies mm-hmm. with eczema and psoriasis. Unfortunately, it's a really big problem with small children. I don't know why. I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe, you know, I think a lot of it is dietary, which a lot of the time I recommend to parents make any dietary changes. You can cut out grains, cut out pasteurized dairy, um, make those changes first and see how that improves their, their skin conditions. Right. But, um, it, once you've exhausted those options, um, unfortunately, if you take, if you go to the doctor for, you know, eczema or psoriasis, most of the time they're going to recommend steroids right. and steroids can be, um, you know, can be ad- addicting for your body essentially once you use them for a long period of time and then you go off of them, your body needs them, requires them. So, and just really dangerous and not safe. 
So, um, yeah, we've seen a lot of people using the body butters. And then I usually recommend the baby butter for children under two years of age because, and just to know, we got rid of the essential oils because um, when you're using therapeutic grade essential oils, it can be really hard on baby systems. They can't process them. Um, you know, unlike things like fragrance, whatever, there's tons of fragrance in kids' products at stores. But um, so that's why we got rid of the essential oils and simplifying the ingredients list. So, yeah, it's it's I've seen amazing before and after photos, babies, adults. Um, I actually had a woman that I talked on the phone with yesterday who said um, who I had a, a full conversation about how it just really cured her. She went off steroids a year ago when she found her product. So wow. amazing stories um, for skin conditions like that. So just rub it on the affected area a little bit yeah. thicker than you would on a normal area? Yeah, essentially. Um, all of our products are oil-based. So I, like I typically use it at nighttime to give your, your skin that overnight mm-hmm. time to kind of absorb it and really drink it in. Right. And yeah, just um, apply it like you would a, a steroid cream basically and to the affected area. Our Miraculous face cream also has tallow in it. So if you have eczema or psoriasis on your face, you could use that. Uh, or the body butter, really, they all have tallow in them. So, and the tallow is what's doing. So the tallow is what's doing the work, essentially. The tallow is what's really healing and helping. Okay. So you just mentioned putting oil on our face, and this is something you guys address on your website. I would love yeah. to have you talk about this on here. Um, and of course, people, I'll, I'll link to the blog post that you guys have about uh, oil cleansing or cleaning. Um, yeah. Can you? Can you? Put people at ease and how, just talk about how you can actually get your skin cleaner with oil as opposed to like soap or whatever we're used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's a really bizarre thing to a lot of people, but of all of our products, I've seen the most wow reactions from people who switch the oil cleansing two weeks, a month later, their skin's transitioned and it just has the potential to make such a difference in people's skin. So I personally used to have a really oily skin. I think people with oily skin, their natural reaction is to use products for oily skin on the market, which is essentially stripping your skin of all that oil. You're, you know, you're, you think I have oily skin. I want to clean the oil off, get rid of the oil. But all that does is make, you know, your body's reaction to that is to produce more oil because it's producing this oil for a reason. It's trying to balance itself and we just keep screwing with it. (laughs) A lot of things with our bodies, I feel like if we just stop screwing around with it, our body is this amazing machine that can do such amazing things. And if we just let it be, you know, we don't need to wash our face 17 times a day. There's no reason. So, um, the amazing thing about oil cleansing is that you're washing your face with oil. So oil dissolves oil, right? That's science. Water doesn't dissolve oil. Um, a lot of the cleansers on the market are soap based cleansers that are cleaning your skin, but they're stripping your skin of those natural oils that your skin's producing. So oil cleansing gives your skin a chance to rebalance itself, rebalance its oil production and kind of come back to neutral. And that's what most people need. Most people just need to get their skin back to neutral and rebalance their oil production and they see amazing results. So oil isn't something that we want to be scared of. Um, Even now, you know, if you go into stores, you go into Sephora, a lot of brands are coming out with oil cleansers. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of them still have chemicals and really nasty stuff in them. But the idea of oil cleansing has been around for a really long time. And um, 
not that I don't think you should buy our products, but oil, oil cleanser is something you could make with stuff that you have in your cabinet, most people. Um, it's usually a blend of moisturizing oils with castor oil, and castor oil has astringent properties. It's helping draw all the dirt and gunk out. Um, but that's, that's most of what it is. It's a blend of those two types of oils, and you do it one time a day. You rub it all over your face. You use a hot compress and um, use that to really, with the steam, draw the stuff out. And um, it's, I've seen just amazing before and after pictures of people with cystic acne, acne that they've had since they were teenagers and just really makes amazing changes in their skin. So don't be afraid of oil. Oil is good. Our body needs oil. Our body needs fats. Yes. So you said once a day, morning or night, does it matter? Either or, um, when I wear makeup, I like to do it in the evening time because it's amazing for taking off makeup. Um, but it doesn't matter. You can do it in the morning or in the evening. Daniel and I are nodding our head like we know what You're it's like, like yeah, to remove it's makeup. Great for makeup removal. <laughs> <laughs> I wear makeup all the time. Don't, don't tell anybody, Daniel. <laughs> All right. So we're getting towards the end. Uh, before we give you guys the, the final question, uh, both of you guys take a minute to tell our listeners where they can find more of you. Uh, our website is www.fatco.com. Um, follow us on all our social media pages. We're Fatco on almost everything. And that's where you can find and buy our products. We're working on getting it to more retail um, we just got into a store called Erewhon that has three locations in Southern California. And Mason's leaving tomorrow to go do some training and demos down there. So if you are in that area, go visit Mason, get some samples. But he's doing this right now. Whoa, what? Um, <laughs> you know, right, that's what we're. You know, we're right now. You can buy our products online on our website, or we're we're trying to make that push into retail and get into more retail accounts. Awesome. Well, Daniel, yeah. uh, before you speak. I got to follow up. We're in Erewhon and I will be doing demos out there. Yeah. High five, right? Awesome. Um, I'll be out there September 21st and 22nd at cool. the Beverly and Venice locations. So awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure to uh, grab a couple of fat co products to support you guys. Nice. So. Thank you. All right. Daniel, where can people get more gold nugget ghee? You can find us on our website, www.goldnuggetgee.com. And on social media, uh, just find us at Gold Nugget Gee. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. And um, we're, you can find us in some retail locations. We're going to be launching in Whole Foods in September. Um, so you can find us all around Southern California. And um, we're speaking with Erewhon, so we'll be in there also. Awesome. When are you going to be at Erewhon? We'll be there probably September, October. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, you you said plenty of Whole Foods, right? Like 40 across California? Is that what you told yeah, me? Yeah. We're going to start in 40 Whole Foods. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So if you guys listen to the podcast, you know what's coming. The final question uh, your top three tips to live optimal. And here's what we'll do. Since there's two of you, we'll go back and forth. So each of you gives number one, and then you guys will each give your second one, your third one. So that'll give you a chance to maybe steal some ideas from the other person. <laughs> but you can't repeat what the other person says. We need, we need our listeners to walk away from this podcast with six tips to live optimal. All right, I'll start off. Right. Get rid of antiperspirant in your life. It's no good. 
We're well, meant to sweat. It's yes. how we get rid of toxins. Yes. Just say no antiperspirant. Deodorant is good. We don't want to be stinky. Again, we don't want to be dirty hippies. Right. But sweating is something you just need to get used to and be okay with. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if you do use a deodorant that's not stank stop, make sure that there's no aluminum in it, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Daniel, what do you got? Yeah. So my first reason, my first tip for optimal health is to surround yourself with great people, with great friends, great family, great podcasts, great information, great books. Um, and that's going to really change your life. It's going to take you to the next level. Awesome. All right. Um, I know you guys don't wear makeup, but I'm going to say don't sleep in your makeup, ladies. Wash your face at the end of the day. Sleeping in makeup, especially makeup that isn't safe and has chemicals in it, can be really bad for your skin. Um, I think we ha- we create this cycle of like, oh, we, we wash our face, but then we have acne, so we put a ton of makeup on. Um, the best base is clear skin. So never sleep in your makeup. <laughs> awesome. All right, Daniel. Number two. Number two. I would say have some fun in your life. Do some experiments. Try to find some ways to add some experiments in your life, into your health, into your fitness routines. And that's where you're going to find what really works for you. And you're going to challenge yourself. You're going to find things you never thought possible. All right. Good stuff. All right. Last one, Cassie. My last one is get as much sleep as you possibly can. Sleep is good for our health. It's good for our hormone balance. It's good for Mason just had a baby or his wife had a baby. He's not getting a lot of sleep lately. Um, it's really good for everything in your life. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you function better. It's going to make your skin clearer. Uh, sleep is so important. I think we undervalue sleep. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. Sleep is uh, incredibly powerful for uh, any pursuit, health, wellness, uh, cognitive function, everything we want to do. Uh, if you're not sleeping, you're not going to experience life the way you want to. Yeah. All right, Daniel, last one. Last one, I would say add some good fats to your diet. Add coconut oil, avocado, ghee, um, and just see what that does for your body and how you feel. And I think it's going to help to lubricate your body. It's going to take you to the next level, optimal performance in your mental endeavors and your physical endeavors and your whole life. So it's going to, it's life changing stuff. Awesome. Well guys, thank you for hanging out with us today. Cassie, Daniel, uh, for you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you go to optimalperformance.com to see the video version of this. You'll be able to get the links and resources, uh, both of these guys' websites, their social media accounts, blogs about oil cleaning, uh, Weston A. Price, all kinds of stuff to follow up on, rabbit holes that you can go down. And if you haven't done so, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show, and be sure to share the Optimal Performance Podcast with any of your friends and family that you want to benefit from this knowledge uh, that you just learned today. So anybody in your family who is still using antiperspirant or um, non-organic skincare products, or if you need more ammunition to help them 
eat more fat or drink butter or whatever it is, ghee, sorry, Daniel, send, send them this podcast and uh, get them hooked on things that will help them improve their life. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for, for hanging out with us and, and sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you.